0: Leo, we're doing The Last of Us. (gasps) Ah!
1: That sounded really manly.
0: (laughs) They don't know whose scream that was. It could have been mine. Ah! Hello, humans. Welcome to My Game Fiction Addiction. Every week, me and one of my rotating guests will dive headfirst into one of gaming's greatest plotlines, talking about our fave moments, the characters we loved or hated, and the really crap decisions we made along the way. As always, I'm your host, Ms. Amy Mallett, a writer, dedicated gamer, professional teenage boy. I'm going to blitz through this intro quick because I'm excited and I need to pee and the two are really working against each other. This week, we are doing The Last of Us. The holy grail of cinematic storytelling in gaming, highly requested and a life-changing experience for many. It's developed by Naughty Dog, who brought us the Uncharted series, and published by Sony as an exclusive for PlayStation. The Last of Us has won so many awards and even been cited as one of the greatest video games ever made winning critical acclaim for its narrative, sound design, gameplay and, mega important, depiction of female characters. Can I get an amen? The game was released back in 2013 on PS3 and was remastered for PS4 a year later. It's a fitting time for us to smash out this banger on the pod as The Last of Us Part 2 launched last month, so if you're yet to play it and you're looking for a recap, or if you finished part two and you just want to cry and relive the OG game with us, come on in. On this apocalyptic American road trip, I'm back with my partner in crime and video producer extraordinaire, Mr. Leo Bailey, who basically told me he'd break up with me if I didn't include him on this episode. So without further ado, grab a cuppa, get ready to reminisce about one of the greatest game stories ever told. Let's go. Can we talk about how this game punches you in the gut in the first 15 minutes emotionally it doesn't fanny about no it gives your heart a wedgie and it steals its lunch money (laughs) doesn't it though
1: i mean i think it's possibly the greatest opening to any game ever as soon as you told me your idea for the podcast i was like the last of
0: us yeah it is quite simply one of the reasons the podcast does exist we've only really begun and so many people have requested it already when it comes to video games that rival blockbuster movies in terms of storytelling and dramatic nature this is the one
1: before the last of us i found the idea of zombies a bit farcical i couldn't really buy into it the idea of the fungus and the cordyceps i thought was a genius move
0: because it's founded in biology
1: It exists in nature Mm. and infects ants, insects, and almost by the looks of things has some sort of mind control over them. The premise that what would happen if that jumped to humans, Mm. even before I played the game, I was like, that is a fucking incredible idea. Made me completely buy into this idea that It could be possible.
0: This is a real grounded science approach. And I think that appealed to a lot of people. I know it did for me.
1: Yeah. I also like the fact that a David Attenborough documentary inspired one of the most successful video games of all time. Exactly. Because they literally saw a clip from the BBC and were like, that's a great idea for a game. Can you
0: imagine if we had mushrooms growing out of our ears and we got really (laughs) angry? (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. So, would you like to press the spoiler alarm? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, boy. So, 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 spoiler alert! If you don't want plot details, get out of here, cos we dish in the dirt. We are about to blurt, so if you ain't played it yet, spare your poor ears and no one gets hurt. We know you'd be pissed if you are in the midst of a really great game and we told you the twist, or told you who died and how much we cried would feel kind of bad for derailing your ride. We've been there before, and it is a shit out when some total n*** post the ending on Twitter. So back away now, and you won't get scorned, cos spoilers are coming and you have been warned. So the game begins with a teenage girl called Sarah asleep on the sofa, waiting up for her dad Joel to come home from work.
2: What are you still doing up? It's late.
0: God, what time is it?
2: It's way past your bedtime.
0: Still today. Here. What's this? Your birthday. How gorgeous is Sarah's accent? Because she's so Southern. Oh, yeah. And it's his birthday, so she gives him a watch for a yeah. present. And she, he's like, how did you get the money for that? And she's like, Drugs. I sell hardcore drugs. Oh,
2: good. We started helping out with the mortgage then.
0: I sell hardcore drugs. Hardcore drugs. <laughs> it's such a short little scene that really serves to cement the father and daughter bond between these two straight yeah. away.
1: You never find out about her mum, do you?
0: No, there is a section later in the game uh, where he's mm. referring to his um, wife. Uh, he married quite young, so I mm-hmm. think he had Sarah at like 16, 17, because Joel's like 28, 29 in the events of the prologue, yeah. and then that would make him like 48, 49 in the main game. Uh. So what a silver fox. Eh? <laughs> so all is well. She goes to bed. Next thing we know, Sarah's asleep, and she gets a panicked phone call from her uncle Tommy, Joel's brother. <laughs> Hello?
2: Sarah, honey, I need to get your daddy on the phone. Uh, Uncle
0: Tommy, what time is it?
2: I need to talk to your dad now.
0: We also see a news report on TV and a newspaper report that details bits of the infection, setting the scene that something's not right in society. This is where shit goes from, like, nice, chilled, wholesome family scene to... Fucking terrifying in seconds.
3: We've received reports that victims afflicted with the infection show signs of
0: increased aggression.
2: And... Don't everybody out of
3: here now it's, it's
0: nearby. Joel rushes in. He's being pursued by one of the neighbors. Sarah's like, okay. Uh, I only spoke to him this morning, borrowed his strummer. He's fine. <laughs> Joel starts loading a gun.
2: Sarah, are you okay? Yeah. Don't go near the doors. Just, Just stand back there
3: head, you're kind of freaking me out
0: how much on a scale of one to needing a mop and bucket did you shit yourself when the guy headbutts the glass oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the neighbor comes charging into the house really yeah. aggressive attacks joel joel shoots him dead and it is go time tommy meets us at the house and we all get in the car we are out of here there's these people on the side of the road as well that joel doesn't stop for do you remember
1: oh yeah
0: see what they need
2: Think you're doing keep driving i got a kid Joel. so do we but we have room keep hey, driving stop. tommy
0: stop. he's a survivalist nothing mm-hmm. is going to stop him from getting him and his family to safety so we're fleeing the city in the car it all goes tits up when the car overturns sarah hurts her leg joel ends up carrying sarah like a baby through the streets with these infected men and women jumping at them snarling at them it is terrifying
2: we're gonna get out of this
0: <gasps> i promise
1: we're almost there. We're
3: almost
1: there, baby. <laughs> Sarah is quite a cocky child. Yeah, she's quite self-assured. Very much so. But she's still almost like daddy's little girl. She isn't quite the survivalist mm. that Joel is, and you see that quite quickly mm. when shit hits the fan she really relies on Joel.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something as well that we'll get into as we get into Joel and Ellie's relationship later in the game. But I think that's something that Joel revels in the infected overrun an area mm-hmm. and Tommy manages to stay behind and hold them off while uh, Sarah and Joel escape. A military soldier approaches them and obviously mm-hmm. he's like hands in the air and uh, not like you just don't care because you know that would be the wrong tone. <laughs> um, but he's like you know um, hands up and whatever and Joel And you
1: think they're saved at this point well, you're you th- like yeah. ah good. An authority figure. Exactly. Got a couple of civilians on the outer perimeter. Please advise.
3: Eddie, what about Uncle Tommy? We're
2: going to get you to safety and go back around, okay? sir, there's a little girl, but
1: yes sir.
0: It's clear that he's been given orders to shoot because they might be infected. Shoot on sight. So this military soldier showers Joel and Sarah with bullets. Joel manages to still holding his baby girl. He like throws her to the side and rolls down the hill. Um, this guy approaches. He's gonna shoot them both, and Tommy just picks her, picks him off with a pistol from a distance. So, right. pow! Would have been cool if he'd been like a little bit quicker, though. Not gonna lie, because <laughs> we then realise that in the first shower of bullets, Sarah has been wounded. She's been shot in the stomach.
2: Listen to me. I know this okay. hurts. <laughs> you're gonna be okay, baby. Stay with me.
0: I'll pick you up. <laughs> I know baby hurts. <laughs> and she dies. She lays in Joel's arms and just bleeds out, and it is the saddest effing thing.
2: Sarah. Baby. Don't do this to me, babe. Don't do this to me,
0: babe. Um, <laughs> no. Your heart has been kicked in the ass, and it's not even the credits. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> Hard to deal with in the opening of a game, but yeah. it sets the tone of loss so well.
0: Loss is a huge theme throughout and, and coping with uh, that dependency on other people as well, particularly in a situation like this where survival is everything. The number of confirmed deaths has passed 200. The governor has called a state of emergency. There hundreds and hundreds of bodies lining the streets.
2: Panic spread worldwide after a leaked report from the World Health Organization showed that the latest vaccination tests have failed.
0: So we get this awesome intermission comprised of news reports and eyewitness testimonies detailing how the Cordyceps virus has taken over every major city in America over the last 20 years. The military are ruling with an iron fist. There's a resistance faction called the Fireflies. Joel and his partner Tess are now smugglers running rations, pills, medicines, guns. This is the first section of the main story where we're introduced to Tess and how Joel's life has changed. And the fact that a fellow smuggler, Robert, has betrayed them by stealing their guns.
2: <clears throat> How was your morning? Where were you, Tess?
3: West
0: End District.
3: Hey, we had a drop to make.
1: We? We had a drop to make.
0: So, what do we think of Tess, by the way? What were your first impressions?
1: I really like Tess. She's very self-assured.
0: We get the impression that she's been hardened over time by her experiences. Mm-hmm. She's actually in some ways more decisive and more sort of forthright than Joel.
3: I was on my way back here and I got jumped by these two assholes, all right? And yeah, they got a few good hits in, but look, I managed.
0: This is the first time we see what society has become. So I really loved the world building here. I loved how you got to kind of explore uh, the local areas that are being controlled by the guards. The military are running running around the streets, scanning people with barcode scanners to find out if they're fricking infected. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. Ah, you're good to go. Boop. Oh no, you're fine. Boop. Unexpected item in bagging area. Oh shit, we got a live one.
2: Get a live one.
0: No, I'm not expected. Hold her down. Do it. So we find and we confront Robert in his settlement, and it turns out that he sold our guns to a resistance faction called the Fireflies.
3: I didn't have much of a choice. I owed someone. You owed us. I say you bet on the wrong horse.
0: (laughs) This isn't going to mean anything to you, Leo, because you've never seen Game of Thrones. But just for the listeners, right? How much does Robert from The Last of Us look like Bronn from Game of Thrones? please Google it right now and just look at his face and freak out because I was like, is that Jerome Flynn?
3: I just need more time. Give me a week. You know, I might have done that if you
1: hadn't tried to fucking kill me.
0: Tess is not standing for this at all. She is. Tess is is
1: not standing for this.
0: Tess has zero chill. So she shoots him in the same manner that like I take out the rubbish. Twice. Twice In in the head.
1: I mean, we knew this game was brutal but I was like, whoa, oh, whoa, okay.
0: She doesn't give it a second thought, does no. she? She's just like, well, you double-crossed us, boy, bye. And now we've got the inevitable question. Well, okay, that's got rid of the traitor in our network, but- um,
1: What do we do next? Well,
2: now what?
3: We go get our merchandise back. How? I don't know, we explain it to them. Look, let's, let's go find a firefly.
0: And then literally a random firefly is just like, oh, hey girl, and it's Marlene. And she appears uh, to the scene where we've just shot Robert. And says, "Oh,
2: I needed him alive."
0: So Marlene says to us that if we want our guns back and then some, we've got to do a job for her.
1: Mm -hmm. She She ain't just gonna hand them over.
0: Absolutely, hell no, she's not.
1: I need something smuggled out of the city. You do that,
2: I'll give you your guns back and
1: then some.
0: So what exactly are we smuggling out of the city?
1: A small child.
0: (laughs) She's not a small child. She's a teenager.
1: A medium-sized child.
0: So we meet Ellie. Ellie is 14 years old, she's an orphan, and she's not here for your shit. Hey, fuck you, man. I didn't
3: ask for this.
0: Oh my god, I love Ellie so much. So Joel's not massively into the idea of smuggling a 14-year-old girl, but guns be guns, and we need them back. So we agree to smuggle Ellie. This next section is about us taking her to the Capitol building under the cover of darkness. We've only been gone like 10 minutes before the guards jump us. Luckily, we managed to get away but not before Ellie has been scanned by the barcode scanner. Surprise, surprise, she's infected.
2: Marlene set us up. Why the hell are we smuggling an infected girl?
0: But her bite is three weeks old, so she could be the key to finding a vaccine. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the reason that the Fireflies have such a massive interest in her. So there are three main types of infected. Runner clicker and bloater each stage corresponds to a different stage in the infection so you start off as a runner uh if you're really good at being a runner (laughs) you might get graduated to a clicker
1: but you go blind
0: but you go blind because the the cordyceps virus
1: it bursts out of your face basically damn it clicker
0: jeez
3: what's wrong with its face that's what years of infection will do to you so what are they blind sort of They see using sound. Like bats? Like bats. If you hear one clicking, you
1: gotta hide. That's how they spy you. Uh, uh, (laughs) They sound like (laughs) squirrels on crack. It's like an unoiled door being opened, like,
0: Like, if someone scrubs through (laughs) to this bit in the podcast and they're just like, what is going on?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's this divulged into? What
0: the hell? And then the bloater is just like...
1: (sighs) Imagine the Michelin man, but covered in pus (laughs) and fungus.
0: I bet everyone's so turned on right now. Ellie herself has never been outside the city walls. She's overwhelmed by the skyscrapers and the, the mm-hmm. forests and all the stuff that she's never seen before. And um, she
1: was she was born after the infection went down.
0: Yes, exactly. We I forget that so much as well. Ellie's never seen the world pre-Cordyceps. Civilization has totally been reclaimed by nature. The huge fallen skyscrapers, like they're all strangled with ivy and you end up crawling through the remains of like old office buildings. Oh
1: yeah. The attention to <sighs> detail is is incredible.
0: Even the water coolers are still there. The calendars on the wall for like the office workers are still there. Yeah. We eventually reach the Capitol building, but the fireflies aren't here to meet Ellie.
3: No, 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 no. What happens
0: now?
2: What are you doing, Tess? Oh, God.
0: Maybe they, uh, maybe they had a map or uh, something to tell us where they were going. This is where Tess starts freaking out. We think perhaps she's really bought into the idea of Ellie being the potential vaccine or savior of humanity, but more than likely the reason she's panicking is because of what we learn next. She's been bitten during the journey. You've got to get this girl to Tommy's, he used to run with this crew, he'll know where to go. You want us to just leave you here? Yes.
2: There is no way that-
3: I will not turn into one of those things.
0: Oh, it's so sad. So Tess has her last stand. You can tell this really affects Joel, even though he's shut down emotionally. She pleads with Joel to go and find Tommy, his estranged brother, because Tommy used to be a firefly, so maybe he'll know how we can get Ellie to that research lab. So Joel and Ellie escape, leaving poor Tess behind. The next section of the story is all about Ellie and Joel trying to find a car so they can make the long journey to Tommy's. And this is where we get Joel's house rules. About Tess, I, I don't even know what's
2: going Here's how this thing's going to play out. You don't bring up Tess, ever. Matter of fact, we just keep our histories to ourselves. Secondly, don't tell anybody about your condition. they think you're crazy or they'll try to kill you. And lastly, you do what I say when I say it.
1: You can't help but notice the similarities to his daughter. Yeah. But because of what's happened, as you say, his shell has hardened and he's trying to keep Ellie at arm's distance.
0: They start exploring this empty town because Joel's got a plan which relates to his ex-business associate, a guy called Bill, who is this crazy paranoid dude who is hauling up somewhere in a town with shitloads of traps everywhere. Like, you can't move without something going PING! (laughs) PING! Jesus!
3: What the hell was that?
2: That would be one of Bill's traps.
0: Your friend a bit paranoid, maybe?
2: Uh, That's putting it lightly.
0: That area where there's a big warehouse and the trap takes Joel in the air. He's hanging by a fridge and you have to shoot from upside down.
1: The Last of Us doesn't make shooting easy at the best of times.
0: They actually come across a video game console when they're walking through one of the buildings. It's almost like a Mortal Kombat reference.
1: Would you
2: play this before?
0: no
3: but i had a friend that knew everything about this game apparently there's this character called angel knives who'd what was it she'd punch a hole through your stomach before kicking your head off
0: (laughs) one thing i really want to talk about is how much Ellie throws shade on
1: Bill. Yeah, sure, Joel. Go ahead. Take my cards. Take all my food, too, while you're at it.
0: By the looks
3: of it, you could lose some of that food. You
1: listen to me, you little shit.
3: No, fuck you! You handcuff me. I
1: need you to shut up. I mean, let's be honest, Bill is not a people person.
0: He did have a business partner, which we hear a little bit about later on. And it's quite sad because we realize that his business partner is, in fact, dead because he was bitten, so he hangs himself to avoid turning. Um, which is quite emotional but not before he stole the car battery from Bill so Bill's (laughs) obviously, he's got a reason to not trust people
1: Bill owes Joel a favour but Bill doesn't think a car is quite the favour that he owes him.
0: He thought like a pack of Jaffa cakes or (laughs) something. He was like there'll be a time where Joel is gonna come and call for that pack of Jaffa cakes and I will answer the call but a car? No
2: Well it don't matter because I don't have a car that works but there is one in this town. Parts There are parts in this town. Meaning that you could fix one up. But after this, I owe you nothing.
0: I can slowly feel Joel in this section slipping into those little moments of being fatherly again. Because the tone he takes when he tells her that she can't have a gun (laughs) is proper daddish. And I'm really, really here for it.
2: Uh Uh-uh. What? I need a gun. No, you don't.
0: Joel, I can handle myself. No. But after chasing down the battery, we do get a car. Only thing is, it needs a major hill start. So this is where Ellie takes the wheel and we have to push the car down the road. And Ellie has to give it a, she has to pop the clutch. Which, of course, she knows how to pop a clutch because she's a badass. This is the first time that Joel actually says to her in all this survival madness, she's doing a good job. He's proud of her. My heart melted a little bit at that.
2: You want to be okay with this?
0: Yeah, not a problem.
2: You're doing a good job. I figured you should know that.
3: I won't let you down with this.
0: So after we've got the car running, we part ways with Bill. They're driving off. They're heading towards Tommy's. This is a brief moment of calm in the inevitable storm of the apocalypse. And... I absolutely love this car scene because it's where Ellie starts reading her comic that she swiped from Bill's and she plays a cassette tape for Joel that she's also picked up somewhere along the way. She's a little kleptomaniac. She, she gets a lot of things, <laughs> isn't she, without anyone knowing.
2: Yeah. What else did you get?
0: Well, here. this make you all nostalgic?
2: You know, that is actually before my time.
0: They start to have a bit more of a bonding session. This is the first time that Joel actually looks content and happy in her company like a bit more relaxed to be with her and not on edge maybe it's because they're safe for a moment i'm
3: sure your friend will be missing this tonight Mm -hmm. light on the reading but it's got some interesting
1: photos
2: ellie that ain't for kids
0: that's bill's wank mag
1: (laughs) i love this bit because it's really cleverly written where she comes across as being really innocent she's like oh oh my god look at this how can he walk with that thing
2: <laughs>
3: and joel's
1: like oh oh oh, He's, he goes really awkward and then she's just like
3: why are these all stuck together um <laughs> i'm just fucking with you
1: and you're like ah oh, she's not oh. she's not quite as innocent as Joel might think. I love the bit where she just opens the car window and throws it out and she's like, bye, dude.
0: Ellie is like, she's learning to whistle. So she's there in the background a lot of the time going pff, pff, and like pretending to whistle. And then when she finally gets it, she's so excited. She's like, Joel, Joel, I can whistle. And he's like, oh, I roll. And she also, they go to a hotel and obviously she's never been to a hotel before, but she starts pretending to be waited on.
3: Oh, I'll be checking in for one night and I would like your finest suite, please.
2: The hell are you doing?
3: <gasps> Why,
0: yes, you can take my luggage upstairs.
2: You are a weird kid.
0: In some ways, she's so childlike, but in other ways, she's so brutal. And I think she herself is struggling with this. Like there's a child and an adult in there and mm-hmm. they're wrestling with each other.
1: She still has those moments of like childlike imagination and, yes. and wonder. But the woman that she becomes mm. is starting to shine through.
0: This is also the first time that she saves him by shooting a gun, Um, which is, you know, something that a child, a 14-year-old, should never normally have to do, but it then inspires Joel to teach her how to shoot, so to help her defend herself.
3: I sorta shot a rifle before, but it was at rats. Rats? With BBs.
0: He helps set her up for survival, but in the same breath, he's also removing part of her humanity in the process. So this is the part of the game where we've lost the car, we're now on foot again, the bandits are everywhere, they're a bigger threat in some ways than the infected, and we meet up with two more survivors, Henry and Sam.
2: How many are with you? There we're a bunch of us. Someone had the brilliant idea of entering the city, look for supplies. Those fuckers, they ambushed us. Now it's all about getting out of this shithole.
3: We can help each other. Ellie. Safety and numbers and all that.
0: So Henry is probably in his 30s, Sam is maybe 13, 14, quite close to Ellie's age. They're heading to the radio tower to meet up with the Fireflies, the theme of childhood being compromised crops up again here. Sam finds that awesome little robot toy. It's like a transformer. Oh, yeah. But his uh, his brother won't let him take it. And then Ellie, klepto Ellie, grabs it for him. Of course so, she does. Of course she does. She right. ain't got, her daddy's got no rules for her anymore.
1: <laughs> right in that backpack.
0: Joel gets stuck scrambling over this stupid lorry. And Sam and Henry decide to bail. Ellie, though, has the option to run away with Henry and Sam, but she stays with Daddy Joel. No. They get chased by the hunters to the end of a really long bridge, end up diving into the water, even though Ellie can't swim, and are washed up and then found again by Henry and Sam. Bit of an awkward reunion, given that Joel's really pissed that they left them.
2: He's pissed, but he's not going to do anything. You sure about that? Stop! Joel? He left us to die out there. No, you had a good chance of making it, and you did. But coming back for you meant putting him at risk. Stay back. If it was the other way around, would you have come back for us?
0: Yeah, nah, probably not. Fair play. But we're now on the second half of the trip to the radio tower. There's a really funny bit in this section where they've just been pulled out of the water by Henry and Sam and they're walking away. And Ellie makes a kind of quip about a boat. Did everyone have boats back then? Yeah, I
2: had a 60 foot yacht. Really? No.
0: <laughs> and you just hear her go, sarcasm. Huh, that's progress. Ellie talks differently to the adults. She is uh, much more childlike with the kids. It's a there's a certain self-awareness to Ellie that keeps her on that cusp of adult and child the whole time.
1: She's very good at compartmentalizing situations whereas Joel, for example, is always on. Yeah. He's always, especially at the start. Mm. He's in survival mode 24/7.
0: Sam even says to Ellie, how is it that you're never scared? And obviously Ellie kind of talks about, well, scorpions are pretty freaky. You know, she (laughs) kind of has a a very witty way of, a very Ellie way of dealing with it.
3: How is it that you're never scared? Who says that I'm not? What
0: are you scared of? Uh,
3: Let's see. Scorpions are pretty creepy. Being by myself, I'm scared of ending up alone.
0: But she does be very real with him about how she's scared of being alone. This, I think, is... A really good scene for overcoming the euphemisms of the grown-ups because sam even says i do you think the people are still in there inside the infected and ellie's like nah they're not then they're, they're not human anymore there's no soul there's no there's no light on in there they're just a mindless killing machine and sam says that his brothers tried to tell him that oh they go to a better place and they kind of have this little discussion about like does that place exist it's very mm existential crisis of two 14-year-olds. We make it to the radio tower. The fireflies still aren't there. Again. Like, they really need to post their tour dates on, like, fandom or something (laughs) because we can never catch the damn fireflies. But when they make it to the radio tower, they do have a small run-in with the infected alongside some hunters as well. That's that Mm. really awesome sniping bit of gameplay from the house. That is great.
1: That is a great bit. I
0: knew you'd love that. Some infected jump then and Sam is bitten. So when they go to see him in the morning, Sam turns and...
1: Ellie finds him, doesn't she?
0: He jumps on her and attacks her. Sam? (laughs) Sam! The hell? (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
2: Shit, he's turning!
1: (laughs) That's my fucking brother! Going back to your point of the the whole idea of the person might be infected, but is the person still in them?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Or are
1: they completely lost? Do you get the you get the impression that Joel's like, he's not Sam anymore. Yeah. But Henry isn't quite so sure.
0: He turns the gun on Joel first before even thinking about shooting Sam. But mm-hmm. as soon as it's apparent that Sam is in the state he's in, it takes him a little longer. But Henry does react and he does shoot Sam himself.
1: Mm-hmm. To stop Joel doing it.
0: And it's really, really sad and really distressing. And yeah. Um, they're all sort of stood in the in the aftermath of it all and, and Henry's, you know, beside himself with grief and he yeah. can't believe it's happened. And Joel starts slowly approaching him, doesn't he? Saying yeah. like, Henry, oh, what have you done?
2: <laughs> I'm gonna get that gun from you, okay? Oh, okay, okay, easy.
0: <laughs> so Joel senses, I think, that he's not acting rationally and Mm-mm. that he's quite hysterical and he kind of tries to do the, the right thing, take the gun off him and uh, Henry shoots himself.
1: He. Turns the gun to himself.
0: Yeah. It's Yeah. It's dark man.
1: And that's loss number four? You've had Test- Sarah Sarah, Tess, Test- Sam, Henry and yeah. Henry.
0: Immediately after Henry's death, it cuts to fall. We're still on the trail of Tommy and the Fireflies, Ellie has a snazzy new jacket, the weather's a bit shitter. This is the part of the game where we reach the settlement held by Tommy and his wife. It's quite a short section of the game, but a lot of emotional value happens here.
2: We didn't know the place was occupied, we're just trying to make our way through.
0: Through to where? They're alright. But you know
2: these people? Know him. He's my goddamn brother
1: tommy here he is
0: hey so you know what are the chances that's great we've stumbled upon Tomo's settlement it's a big moment for them they're reunited
2: <laughs> how you doing baby brother <laughs> god damn yeah this is maria ma'am
1: thanks for not blowing my head off
2: it would have been embarrassing considering you're my brother-in-law
1: Never a good first impression, is it?
0: No, can you imagine the Jeremy Coyle where, like, that's the bit on the lower third. Like, <laughs> I blew my brother-in-law's head off when I met him. There's a sense of security in this settlement. The families and the survivors there are all very much allies. Tommy obviously has a lot of catching up to do with Joel, so they head off and Ellie goes with Maria. And this gives Joel a chance to get Tommy alone and ask him a very important question.
2: I've been on quite the adventure, little brother. I reckon he's got something to do with that girl. He's <laughs> got everything to do with that little girl. She's immune. Immune to what? i oh, seen come her- on. I know. I've seen her breathe enough spores to take down a dozen men. Why bring her here? I was supposed to deliver to the fireflies. The way I figure they're your boys, you finish the job, you collect the whole damn payment.
0: He effectively wants to just pawn this task off on Tommy. I think its he's afraid. He's absolutely terrified. He's lost a daughter before, and here is this very surrogate daughter who's come along into his life that he feels very protective over, and he is determined not to make the same mistake. And if it's out of his hands, then he can't make that mistake.
1: I think, yeah, he's definitely worried about his growing attachment to Ellie. Yes. Because he can't afford to lose anybody else.
2: What makes you think I'd do this for you? This isn't for me, Tommy, this is for your damn cause. My cause is my family now. You ain't talking about some walk in the park here. Have Maria get some of your born again friends to do it. They but got families too. Tommy, I need this. You want some gear? Sure. But I ain't taking that girl off your hands.
0: Interestingly, at the same time, Tommy does show him a picture. He's held on to a picture for a while that he's had of Sarah and Joel. And he gives it to Joel. I remember that. And Joel refuses it. He says he doesn't want it. And again, it's that distance. It's that I want to keep my pain as far from me as possible because pain is detrimental to survival. Yeah.
2: Here. It's a little faded, but still looks pretty good. I'm good.
0: You sure? I mean
2: I've said I'm good.
0: So Tommy declines the offer to take Ellie. And this is where we kind of understand where the disagreements were between Joel and Tommy that led them to be estranged brothers for so long. Because yeah. Joel has become such a hardened survivor that he's almost lost a lot of his humanity. He's amputated his various emotions to stay uh, to stay frosty in the apocalypse. <laughs> and uh, we realise that his going rogue since uh, Sarah died is partly why he and Tommy fell out.
2: This is how you're going to repay me, huh? repay you for all those goddamn years i took care of us took care that's what you call it i got nothing but nightmares from those years you survived because of me
0: some bandits attack the settlement it's no big deal we fight them off but it shakes everyone up a little bit When Ellie and Joel are then reunited, because she's been with Maria the whole time that he and Tommy were talking, uh, she goes off on one and she's like, and then this happened, and then that happened, and then there was a bullet, and then there was a hunter, and then Marie was like, pew, pew, pew. And that moment when he's kind of like, calm down, calm down, (laughs) I was like, oh, Daddy Joel is coming. He's a father again. Tommy kind of rethinks his situation and he decides he wants to take Ellie. He says, maybe he thinks about how valuable ellie is you know he's kind of got that whole immunity thing weighing on his mind mm. like he could be delivering mankind's salvation
2: i'll take that girl of yours to the fireflies you don't have to worry about it it's best this way well, maybe some real good will come of this i need to talk to ellie joel Wait, what is it that girl of yours she took one of our horses and rode off Damn it. which way
0: so they have to go and chase her down. Luckily, she's fine. I really thought, oh my God, she's going to be kidnapped. something terrible's going to happen. Um, brace yourself for that because winter is literally coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking horrendous. But she's fine. She's up. She's hauled up in the house. And when we find her, it's kind of up to her and Joel to have it out because clearly he hasn't been entirely honest with her about his intentions of getting her to Tommy. He wants Tommy to finish the job and no. she does not want to leave his side.
2: Do you even realize what your life means? Huh? Running off like that, putting yourself at risk, it's pretty goddamn stupid. Well, I guess we're both disappointed with each
3: other then.
0: They have that incredible confrontation where Ellie says to him, Admit that you wanted to get rid of
3: me the whole time.
2: Tommy knows this area oh, better fuck. Than... Well, I'm sorry. I trust him better than I trust myself.
3: Stop with the bullshit. I'm
0: not her, you know. What? Maria told me about Sarah she directly approaches the idea of his trauma getting in the way she
1: names her as well she
0: names her and he says that quote that you bloody love
1: ellie you're handsome and you gotta do the pause mighty thin ice (laughs) ellie you are treading on some mighty thin ice here
0: gave me goosebumps the first time I watched it because it's so raw. And she, yeah, she calls out his trauma. She calls yeah. out everything. And she says, like, I I can't get infected. Like, you won't lose me. I'm not her. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, every every emotion. On the ride back uh, to the ranch, he's obviously had a chance to think about it. Uh, the scenery is gorgeous. Maybe that comes into it. Maybe he's like, ah. <laughs> but
1: better he, days. Better
0: days. Are he, coming.
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: He decides he's going to take her.
2: Your wife kind of scares me. (laughs) I don't want her coming after me. Sorry for stealing your horse. Come back to town, let's discuss it at least. You know me, my mind's all made up. University, Eastern Colorado. How do I find this lab?
0: So now we're off travelling to Colorado University. Both Joel and Ellie are now much warmer towards each other. Um, the conversations feel a bit more natural. He has allowed himself to actually engage with her in ways that he didn't before. So he answers questions like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he actually name drops Sarah now. He's not afraid to talk about Sarah. Have you ever been to one of these?
2: What, a university? Yeah. <laughs> no, not as a student at least. Why not? Uh, I had Sarah when I was pretty young. Hmm.
3: Were you married?
2: For a while.
0: Ellie actually probes him about that, to which he says, too much, still too much. Like there's, there's not quite 100% bonded yet. Yeah. So when we finally get to the damn Firefly Lab, oh, surprise, surprise.
1: Are they not there?
0: They're not there. Seriously. I mean, they
1: love tagging their symbol everywhere, but they, <sighs> they're they not great for showing up.
0: Drop a bloody pin on GMaps. I was so annoyed. You find a dictaphone, Joel picks it up. He's like, whiz, 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 skip to the end. They've gone to Salt Lake City. Good luck with that. Do you know where that is?
2: I know the city. Is it far? It ain't close. I mean on horseback.
3: What? The
0: fireflies? Get down! <laughs> oh! the more hunters arrive, and they attack Joel.
1: He falls off a balcony, yes. impales himself.
0: Oh, it's absolutely grim. So severely injured, Ellie pulls him up. She tries to get him back to the horse. He's bleeding, he's so close to passing out. The actual sound effects and the dialogue in this is brilliant because they fade Ellie's voice off. So it sounds like she's getting further and further. You're still playing as Joel, but you're moving so sluggishly. Everything's fading out and it's beautifully done. Here, lean on me. No. Well, can you walk? Yes. Then fucking walk. Powerless to help Ellie as well. She keeps getting attacked and occasionally he'll have the strength to like swing up and shoot a guy in the head. Mm. But occasionally Ellie will have to do it herself and you're watching her in the distance like, oh my God, please, please don't let anything happen to her. They just about get to safety outside of the university, having shot and killed loads of these men who were coming after them. And Joel passes out, falls off the horse and he's unconscious and Ellie's over him like Joel? (laughs) Shit. Shit. Joel, here, get up, get up, get up, you gotta tell me what to do tell me what to do. That was the bit that broke me because I'm like, she is so dependent on him to protect her that he's left her in this horrendous situation, not on purpose. And we finally made it to winter. By far the grittiest, most intense and harrowing chapter of the game. From Ellie being a little Katniss Everdeen hunter through to creepy David and the bandits. A lot of stuff happens in winter. None of it's particularly nice. Oh my god, I totally thought Daddy Joel had died because we immediately just resume playing as Ellie. She's hunting some animals. This is going to be the last depressing chapter in this poor girl's story. I'm never going to recover from this emotionally. (laughs) So Ellie's chasing a deer and uh, just as she kind of kills and brings it down and goes to collect the meat, she gets uh, approached by creepy little douchebag David. (laughs) He's literally lurking behind a tree when you first meet him. Come out.
2: Hello, name's David.
1: This here's my friend James. We just want
0: to talk. Do you fuck?
1: And Ellie, obviously, is very uh, apprehensive.
0: They say, like, we'll give you um, whatever you want if you share some meat with us. And mm-hmm. she says, okay, well, you can have the deer, whatever, but I want meds, I want antibiotics, which is the first indication that Daddy Joel is alive. He's Woohoo! Alive. One of the guys goes to get the uh, antibiotics and she sticks around with David and he tries to get to know her. So she's got a right to be suspicious, especially when David then says...
2: A few weeks back, I... Uh... Sent a group of men out Nearby town to look for food Only a few came back He said that the others had been uh, Slaughtered By a crazy man And get this he's a Crazy man travelling A
1: little girl <laughs> And there's that moment where he's just like And you are, you're like, oh, shit. There are plenty
0: of small girls around here. Yeah, could have been another girl. You sure it wasn't a small boy wearing a dress? You sure? She takes the antibiotics back to where Joel is being holed up. She must have sewn up his wounds. He's got this epic gash in his belly that's like, you know, full of all these bits of wire. It's been very crudely stitched back together. Clearly they've been in this this predicament for a while now. How long is she going to have to keep fending for herself? David and the Bastards, great name for a band, track her back to the house so she ends up escaping on the horse to draw them away yeah. because Joel's there doesn't want them to stumble onto Joel who can't defend himself at this point but Ellie eventually after fighting through a lot of guys like she takes down a shitload of dudes for a 14 year old girl she is captured yeah. and she wakes up behind bars having been knocked out and there's creepy douchebag David
2: here you should eat I know you're hungry You've been out for quite some time what is it it's deer.
3: With some human helping on the side.
0: And I'm pretty sure that ain't a deer on the chopping block. Mm-mm. It's a human body. They're freaking cannibals, man. Yeah, the worst kind of balls. David kind of taunts her how he can't believe she's killed so many people.
1: He basically tries to recruit her, doesn't he? I think yeah, he, he sees... Potential. See, and then doesn't she break one of his fingers?
0: She does, she does. She snaps because that's when he goes to rub her hand. Mm. He like caresses her hand and she breaks his finger. Oh, that's, and horrible. That's, that's that epic moment, dude, where she's like, uh,
3: Ellie is the little girl that broke your
0: fucking finger. We cut to Daddy Joel. He's awake. Understandably, he's still a little bit weak, but he starts looking for Ellie. And that's when he ties up some bandits that obviously are still loitering around. This bit gave me utter chills because it's the bit where. He makes the guy mark uh, in blood on the map where Ellie is. You know, he like, he sticks the knife in his knee, then oh, puts yeah. it in the guy's mouth and he's like, can you yeah. mark on the map where she is?
2: Now you're going to mark it on the map. And it better be the same exact spot your buddy points to.
0: Joel is a monster. Like, he's, yeah. this is where you see his savage, savage side. Meanwhile, Ellie's being dragged from her cage and they about to chop her up on this table. She comes up with a genius plan because she's super smart. And she yells, I'm infected! Fuck, we can't really eat this now. You know, it's kind of ruined. She slices at one of the guys with a meat cleaver. She runs off.
1: That's a great gameplay scene when you're playing in the... It's basically like a whiteout, isn't it? Yes. You're playing through the snow uh, and you have to listen and execute the the guards. You can hear David basically creepily calling after her. It's making my butt clench.
0: When I first played that, I couldn't play it at night. (laughs) <laughs> it scared the living shit out of me. I've got this really weird thing in games. I think uh, my friend Ben, if he's listening to this, will remember it from Outlast. I can't be chased. If I'm chased in a game, I really get scared. And uh, the fact that creepy douchebag David hides in this diner and he's looking for you, and you've, do you remember the plates on the floor? There's like all these different bits of broken china. Oh, yeah. And if you step on step them, step on them. It, oh.
1: It's like I can hear you. I know where you are.
0: Ellie. Oh, so freaky.
1: Okay, then. Don't
0: say I didn't give
2: you a chance. Hello, Ellie.
0: Eventually, he jumps on Ellie. It's mega, mega rapey. And she manages to get the better of him. And she rolls him over and just stabs him like crazy. She
1: hacks him to pieces.
0: Oh, It
1: is. That is probably the most brutal death scene of anybody in the game. And it's little Ellie doing it. Yep. And I think at that moment, you, you've you got inklings of what she's capable of, but you realise that she is absolutely savage when she needs to be. Joel basically turns up, doesn't he, at the last second and basically pulls her off David. Actually, this is the moment where he lets slip that line where he goes, it's all right, baby girl. He's, com- you know, completely fallen uh, into this dynamic with her reinforcing that cradling element yes, that yeah, he, he does with like Sarah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously then she sort of melts back into goes from this absolute savage cuz she's even like telling him to fuck off to start yeah. with. She's like fucking leave me alone. Stop. You fucking touch me. It's, okay. it's me. It's me. It's me. Look. Look. It's me.
0: to Oh, baby girl. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No. She literally does fold into him, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. And she's crying and she's suddenly vulnerable, something she would never have shown to David. He's fully bonded now. You almost expect him to call her Sarah by accident. It's now spring, the final season. We've come around full circle. Ellie and Joel are travelling to Salt Lake City to find the Firefly's lab. Here we are. This is the final chapter of the game. Ellie is full-on traumatized by the events of winter. This is a really interesting dynamic because Joel is very much at peace with everything now. He's almost completely swallowed up by his relationship with Ellie.
2: (laughs) You feel that breeze, huh? I tell you, on a day like this, I just sit on my porch, pick away my six string. You know, once we're done with this whole thing, I'm gonna teach you how to play guitar.
0: (laughs) What I wouldn't give to have my old six string, I literally thought he was gonna break into summer of 69. He's so happy. And Ellie is just distant and traumatised and he's like, Ellie, Ellie, you okay, hon?
2: What do you say, huh? Ellie, I'm talking to you. Huh?
3: Oh, yeah, sure, that sounds great.
0: Your favourite scene's coming up. The scene that um, nearly made you cry. The only time you've Um... ever cried at anything, ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know me, Omi. I'm as hard as nails. (laughs) pretty much the entire game has been shooting things, hacking things to pieces and this is just a tiny little sliver of what used to be where Ellie spots uh, a giraffe poking its head into the building. Obviously she's never seen a giraffe in real life. I don't even know if she knows what it is exactly.
0: <laughs> that horse is very fuggly. <laughs> hey there. <laughs>
1: so
3: fucking cool. Oh, where's it
1: off to? And you run after the giraffe to a rooftop, and you can see that there's not just one giraffe, but there's a herd of giraffes moving through the city. And actually, what I thought was really beautiful was the game lets you have that moment. Yeah. It gives you control of the camera, and you can look at the city... You can look at the giraffes as they graze on the trees it gives you that moment of clarity yeah that you've probably been waiting for for the entire game i think what that scene is trying to show you is that family and community mm. is actually what matters when society falls apart
0: like you say the game lets you have that moment and you, you get it for as long as you like, mm-hmm. you control it, you don't get to, you can walk away when you're ready. And such powerful storytelling. Yeah. There's also that really intense conversation they have on the way to the lab, just before the Raft uh, moment, where he says to her directly.
2: We don't have to do this. You know that, right?
3: <sighs> What's the other option?
2: Go back to Tommy's. Be done with this whole damn thing.
3: After all we've been through, everything that I've done.
0: Joel's first attempt at fuck this. Let's just go have a life. Mm-hmm. Like it, it comes directly after the giraffe sequence, and you think his idea here is that like I've got my daughter back. Her trauma. Is what's pushing her onwards now. She's dealt with so much. She even says directly, what about everything I've done? It isn't necessarily even all about Joel, it's about her. And Joel doesn't understand the weight of that trauma. He doesn't understand that, that there's more. He's acting quite selfishly in that regard. I think her dependence on him at this point is slightly toxic. That dependence isn't good for her in some ways. And I think this is the point where you start to see that because she's so determined to finish what she started and he's almost already dragging her back from it also ellie gives him back the photo of sarah and he accepts it so again there's that kind of like coming to terms i think he even says something like you can't escape the past so when the fireflies do eventually find them after they've nearly drowned joel wakes up having been pistol whipped and marlene is there and she assures him that ellie's okay that's his first question is all he wants to know is ellie okay
1: let me see her please
0: you can't she's being prepped for surgery
2: the hell do you mean, surgery? The doctors tell me the cordyceps, the growth inside her, has somehow mutated. It's why she's immune. Once they remove it, they'll be able to reverse engineer a vaccine. But it grows
1: all over the brain. It does. Marlene basically tries to make him see the bigger picture, mm. and you can tell straight away that Joel is... Blinkered. Why are you letting this happen?
0: Because this isn't about me, or even her. There is no other choice here. And he very nearly walks away. He very nearly, he gets escorted by a guy with a gun. I mean, it's not, you know, for want of trying. Yeah. But he takes his moment to knock the gun out of the guy's hands. And then he goes charging through the lab.
1: This is a bit that I struggled with. mm obviously you 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 take down all the, the guards
0: they're all kind of hunting you and it's basically a murder spree but yeah. it's the scientists themselves that are in the thing, well it's it? yes yeah,
1: when you run into the operating room yes and i paused there mm. for such a long time and tried to take the non-lethal approach mm. and the game won't let you
0: ah so you all oh right because my friend was saying the other day there is a choice there but no. i because i can't remember it being that way either because I, I stabbed the scientist
1: i replayed it to try and see if i could do it mm. and not kill the, the the main doctor
0: yeah it's only that one isn't it you can choose whether or not to kill the other two yeah. i think maybe. but you have
1: to shoot him yes because he's and the one the with game the scalpel yeah. makes you do that yeah which I felt really conflicted about.
0: Massively, yeah, but that's uh, how yeah. Joel would behave.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's killing, there's killing mercenaries, mm. and then there's killing doctors,
0: particularly a doctor who might have uh, the skills and knowledge to reverse engineer a vaccine for the outbreak. Like, that's a good brain. You don't want to, you don't want to pop that brain with a bullet.
1: Yeah. Even you start questioning Joel's motives,
0: and he gets to Ellie just in time. He then grabs her and just runs with her through the building Mm. carrying her like a baby and it's a direct callback as such to him carrying Sarah right
1: at the start he
0: runs directly through the children's ward to get out of the hospital and did you realise there were giraffes all over the walls so we're saving her but we're condemning humanity and that's really fucking selfish I mean Ellie Ellie wants this and that's what Marlene we have a final confrontation with Marlene when we get Ellie out of the, the lift
2: even if you get her out of here then what? How long before she's torn to pieces
0: by a pack of clickers? That is, if she hasn't been raped and murdered first.
2: It ain't for you to decide.
0: It's what she'd want. He does sort of give the impression that he's thinking about it for a bit.
1: But then it cuts back and you realise that Joel has shot uh, Mm. Marlene and he puts Ellie in the car. Mm Mm-hmm. And then goes back and Marlene is is on She's the floor. She's bloody
0: on the floor, bleeding to death, isn't she? And she begs him to yeah. spare her. Well, he says that most incredible line.
2: You just come after her.
0: And then it cuts to Joel driving away and Ellie's in the backseat. And uh, I found this emotional, but also kind of hilarious because she says like, what happened? Oh my god, I'm, you know, I'm awake. Why am I wearing this stupid hospital gown? What the <laughs> hell? And he kind of starts, like, bullshitting really badly about what happened.
2: Turns out there's a whole lot more like you, Ellie. People that are immune. There's dozens, actually. They've actually... S- they've stopped looking for a cure. I'm taking
0: this home. I'm not yeah. even joking. like He yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. says he's like, um, they've actually thought the outbreak is fine. Um, the infected, the runners, they actually make really good workers. Um, there are a lot of pros to this situation. <laughs> he just starts going through such bullshit excuses and Ellie's like, I mean, you just know that she knows.
1: She doesn't want to believe that Joel would be capable. Yeah. I mean, if you just woke up, you wouldn't think, oh, he's just slaying everybody.
0: Yeah. Finally, they get back to Tommy's and this is where the game draws to a close. So... Uh, again, Joel has kind of put Ellie back into the role of Sarah. He's retreated into his father role. Daddy Joel is in full force.
2: I don't think I ever told you, but uh, Sarah and I used to take acts like this.
0: You're more in the favour of the way of like, she does give him the benefit of the doubt to some degree. Whereas mm. I think having watched it, I mean, I've played it through twice. And when I watched it again for this episode, it was the third time I've seen the story. And there was just something about it this time that made me think, I don't know. I. She talks a lot about all the people that they've lost because of bites. You gather that that's her kind of almost putting that emotional guilt on Joel by saying, like, all those people that were infected, what's it all been for? Yep. If only there was a vaccine. None of that
2: is on you.
0: No, you don't understand.
2: I struggled for a long time with surviving. And you, no matter what, You keep finding something to fight for. Now, I know that's not what you want to hear right now. Swear to me.
3: Swear to me that everything that you've said about the Fireflies is
0: true. And he looks her in the Mm -hmm. eyes, and I think, just looking at Ellie's little face at the end, I think she knows he's lying. And I think that's the start of her own journey, which probably will take her into The Last of Us 2.
1: But I feel like she wants to believe it.
0: Yeah. And she probably maybe thinks that again like you say her own imagination might be softening it a bit for her she might be thinking oh maybe it wasn't what we thought but i think i think because joel teed it up before by saying Mm. to her like you don't have to do this like he already started pulling back before they even got there i think she knew full well what he was planning to do
1: she would never want to believe that the man that saved her Mm. is actually the monster i swear i swear
0: Honestly, if you sit next to me in the pub long enough, I will start talking about The Last of Us. Seriously, go play it, now. Or if you don't have thumbs, get your mate to play it for you and then watch them. And if they don't have thumbs, watch it on YouTube and maybe question why so many people in your social circle don't have thumbs. Got any major feels or thoughts on this episode? Then we want to hear from you on the socials. Follow us on Twitter, at MyGameFiction, and at my game fiction addiction on Instagram. Feel free to let us know your recommendations for awesome game stories that we should cover next. Before I head off to re-dye the bits I missed in my newly green hair, I'd like to shout out some incredible humans. Neil Kuhn is our very talented artwork designer, Daniel Ansell is the imaging wizard behind the spoiler alarm, and our theme music was created by the legendary Matt Chapman, bespoke music producer, music publisher, and director of Muchas Music. See you next time guys, bye!